Hey there. Welcome to the show. Yeah, that's it. Here we are. You know what? We're looking at the end of the summer. Only one week to go. And, you know, one of the biggest topics this week in real estate uh, has been what's going on with this federal election. I've got so much to talk to you about today. Uh, I'm definitely got, I've got a long rant, that's for sure. So uh, you don't buckle up. It's, uh, it's going to be interesting. But more importantly, I do have the Real Estate Talk Triangle. That's the time of month it is. And my guests joining me this hour will be Greg Bennell. He is a host and anchor on BNM Bloomberg, and he reports on the economy and the world of real estate. Greg's been joining me for years as a panelist. Always great to have him. Tim Sirianos, he's broker owner of Remax Ultimate. He's also the former president of the Toronto Real Estate Board, currently a director of the Canadian Real Estate Association. He'll be joining the, uh, joining us as well. Tim's been a panelist this year with me. Always great to have them join us. And we've got a lot to talk about. But uh, before I get into that, I don't know how many of you have been listening to our commercials here and throughout you know the different radio stations. But uh, somebody did ask me, Todd, uh, how can you manage something for $80 a month? Well, it's because you can buy to one of our developments. In fact, our latest one in London, you can can get a one bedroom unit only 269,900 750 square feet and the best part about it is we do guarantee the rent because guess what we are your tenant so we manage the unit we make sure it's taken care of and it only costs $80 a month and you will never ever have to deal with the tenant uh, we've been doing this for 12 years we've done 70,000 rents that have gone out not one investor has ever paid for a repair so if you want to find out more go to the simpleinvestor.com uh, my staff will even book you a call with me I'll talk to you about it tell you you know the, the pros of getting into investment real estate as you know I'm big pro on that uh, and one of the main reasons why is we just need more landlords that's the reality you know, the world is changing, but uh, with it growing and Canada's population growing, there is going to be a shortage of investment properties out there for people. So, you know what? Maybe get ahead of the curve. But today I do need to unload a little. I, uh, I was on with Jerry Agar earlier in the week, and I got to tell you, uh, love being on Jerry's show. Uh, definitely the hottest topic that came out was the fact that the Liberal government said that it uh, they were taking a look at it being criminal for you to sell your home the normal way in a multiple offer situation. In fact, they want to mandate the use of the auction process for you to be able to sell your home. And this is in reaction to what they call the overheated real estate market. Well, you can just imagine, you know, the, the different opinions on this. And so many people jump in immediately and say, it's all about the greedy realtor. And because uh, I struggle so much with that analogy, um, I will tell you this, is the fact that even if a realtor is being paid full price, which is 5% of the value, and I know when we talk a million dollars, that's a lot of money, but that's not the numbers that are changing the real estate landscape. Okay, it's not the 5%. Okay, it's the fact that you've got one house for sale and you've got 20 buyers for it. Now go figure, supply and demand. So when we turn around and we've got, you know, our, our right now governing party uh, for us nationally is sitting there saying, if we get a majority, this is going to be part of our housing platform. I think it's absolutely ludicrous that there should be anybody that can mandate how you sell your home. 
Now, before all the people that are sitting there saying, yeah, well, greedy homeowners, you know, I, I, I'm going to, I do have a rebuttal for that. But the idea that you've owned your home for, I don't care if it's one year or 50 years, it's yours. You committed to it. If you had to put a mortgage on it or all your own money into it, that was your choice. You made it. You had to work for it. You know, nobody gave it to you. And ultimately, in the end, you should have the right to be able to sell it any way you want. Now, you're not going to do something illegal by turning around and putting it at a price and you have multiple people want to buy your house. Congratulations. What is market value? Whatever somebody's willing to give you and whatever you're willing to accept. Is that not just a standard economy? Or are we going to sit back and sit there and let some dictatorship tell us how we can dispose of our greatest asset? Now, when, for the people that are sitting there saying, yeah, it's nothing but greedy homeowners that are driving up the price. All right. So let's talk about some of the first time home buyers. Why do you want to own a home? Okay. That, that's just the most you know, straightforward question that I can ask you. Why do you want to own a home? It's more expensive for you to own a home. You have to come up with a down payment to own a home. You have to apply to get a mortgage. Why do you want to own a home? Well, in most people's cases, they'll turn around and they'll say, well, my parents owned a home and now they have a million dollars. Right. How did that happen? Over time. Great. What did they have to do? Pay a mortgage. Right. Okay. What happened? The property went up in value. Great. Okay. So there's our answer. You want to own a home because you've been told and instructed it's a smart thing to do. Okay. Fair enough. Down the road, you'd like your property to go up in value. Well, I know you would. You're not going to sell it five years later for the same price you paid for it. You're hoping it goes up in value because you can gain your equity and then take it to the next level. So for all the people that were throwing kind of the, the, the hate texts to Jerry saying it's nothing but greedy homeowners that are making this market go, well, how about it's the greedy home buyers that are trying to get in the market to have the same thing to be one day be a home seller. See, this is the thing. This is the analogy. So you've got somebody like the Trudeau government who's trying to turn around and make a system that would turn around and create an auction on a property. Can you imagine going head to head as a buyer, looking the buyer in the eyes and as they turn around and increase their offer by $5,000, they're challenging you. They're trying to compete against you. They want to win. You now see the eyes of the buyer. And what do you do? I'm going to give you six. No, I'm going to give you seven. And what happens? All of a sudden you hear that. And guess what? The auctioneer turns around, cranks up the price. And all of a sudden you look backwards and go, I just paid $50,000 more than I wanted to. You didn't have time to think about it. You didn't have time to react properly. And all of a sudden you've committed to something you shouldn't have. So with these analogies, when we take a look at some of these parties' promises and what they want to do, they're still got the wrong answer, okay? Here's the problem, inventory, okay? It's the number one problem because if you have more buyers than sellers, that means that we need more sellers. Now, what are you going to do? Force them out of their houses? Are you going to say, well, you've lived there for 30 years, you have to get out? Oh, there's two of you, you can't own 3,000 square feet? At what point is a government going to start controlling your own asset that you spent your life buying, paying for, taking care of? At what point are we going to allow somebody to tell us how we get to do what we want with our home? And this is why I'm not going to ever turn around and start talking about any kind of political affiliation, you know, what people are going to do for, you know, uh, any kind of Medicare, any kind of, you know, anything as far as social, whatever. 
I'm not that expert, okay? I don't go down that road, but I go down the real estate road because that is what I'm an expert in. And the biggest thing I wanna focus on is the rights of every buyer and seller. And if we turn around and create an auction, you're actually taking away some of the rights of the buyer because they can no longer think on their feet fast enough to be able to actually make an informed decision. And this is where we have to be concerned that if we just turn it into a TV show, then this is what's going to happen to buyers. And sellers lose the right to turn around and in a right environment, sell their own personal asset. So yeah, this is why so many people were offended this week. And I, I, you know, I, was un, I was just absolutely shocked that everybody said, oh, it's all about the greedy realtors. It's got nothing to do with realtors. Quite frankly, the auction process, you can hire a realtor to do the auction process. Okay, it's not going to be any different. It's got nothing to do with the realtors. It's got everything to do with the government sticking their nose into something they shouldn't. Now, when we take a look at the other party platforms, we're hearing things and commitments that we know nobody can keep, but yet they still throw it out there. I don't know if they do it just to check us up to figure out, are we actually looking at the numbers they, they put out? One party says 500,000 units are gonna produce in the next 10 years. Ha, huh, good luck. Okay, and then another party sits there and says a million. The only thing about that party was they actually said they're gonna repurpose some buildings. Well, that makes some sense to me because they're existing. You can go in and renovate something in six months and you can actually have somebody live in it in that time period. You know, we've got all these empty schools around. We've got all these empty buildings around. We've got federal buildings that aren't being properly used. They could turn around and put, you know, a, you know, a big group into one building and, and free up two others. It's not a bad analogy. Now, do we actually have the staffing? Do we can get the people to actually do the work? Well, we all know what government labor looks like. You know, you've got four shovels standing around looking at it, and one guy working on it. So if they can turn around and figure out a system that would actually make it happen, that's probably the best solution, is that we could turn around, repurpose buildings, even if we take, take a look at some of the commercial towers in Toronto. If they become vacant, well, tell you what, allow the owner of that building now to make it commercial, okay? Go for rezoning, make it happen in a month, get the, the work started immediately, and guess what? We could turn around and actually have a building converted in a year and start having people reside in it instead of the entire you know, dog and pony show to be able to get a developer to put a shovel in the ground, which can take six to 10 years. We have a housing shortage, okay? We don't have a housing crisis, we have a housing shortage. And then when you have the federal government telling us that we're gonna allow 400,000 new immigrants coming in, where are they going to put them? So this whole election, this whole snap election, what is it truly about? Because you know what? They are using real estate as a big platform. Hey, let's stop allowing you know, foreign ownership. Let's stop uh, you know, allowing people to come in buy unless they're going to do purpose-built rentals. What happens when you turn around and the federal government wants to turn around and put on a foreign buyer tax of 20%, add the provincial tax of 15, so 35%. We're still no further ahead. Who's going to get the taxes? Okay, you think you're going to slow people down for 35%? They'll still buy it. So none of these solutions are actually, you know, have any kind of merit. And when we take a look at it, the one that is the biggest fault is taking away your rights of your home ownership. I'm going to leave it there, but you know what? I think everybody understands my opinion. If you want to follow me, follow me on Instagram, the Simple Investor One. As I mentioned earlier, we've got a great program out. The simple you can go to simpleinvestor.com, find out more about it. But um, other than that, we got the real estate talk triangle coming uh, right after this. So stay with us. We'll be right back.
And welcome back. As I mentioned just before the break, you've got it. It is the Real Estate Talk Triangle this week. And you know what? We do it at this time every single month. My panelists joining me uh, again, as usual, Greg Bennell. He's host and anchor at BNM Bloomberg, reporting on the economy and the world of real estate. I also have Tim Sirianos joining me. He's the broker owner of Remax Ultimate former president of the Toronto Real Estate Board, currently a director of the Canadian Real Estate Association. And just as a disclaimer, both these gentlemen, whatever opinions they're giving us, it's their opinions and not that of the people they're affiliated with. Guys, I just thought <laughs> I'd give that disclosure because you know what, today, I think we've got some hot potatoes about the real estate market. And uh, Tim, I'm going to jump in right with you right out of the gate. Greg, of course, I'm going to get you to you know give us some of your comments. But Tim, I believe some of these campaigns are taking a look at real estate as a hot topic. What do you think? Well, I mean, many of us were totally blindsided with um, uh, the announcement that the Liberal Party made. But, we, you know, we're not surprised at all that real estate would be a hot topic for all platforms. I mean, real estate has been a hot topic now for, for several years. Um uh, you know, the, the, the need for um, supply, you know, the call for transparency, um, you know, trying to control the prices. Um, but most, you know, in my humble opinion, most of it is a lot of um, uh, media clipping, you know, ideas trying to get uh, them to look like they have a solution. Um, but, um, you know, the biggest one that really took us all by surprise was the banning and the criminalization of blind bidding, which um, I find to be quite uh, troublesome. Okay. So, Tim, I'm sorry. I'm going to I'm going to rip the Band-Aid off this thing. Uh, you are being very diplomatic and I always appreciate that. But come on, the idea that a party would sit there and take a line like this and start turning around saying, how you're going to have to transact auction only it's you're going to criminalize people you know you think think about our parents you know older people they're going to have a an older house you know they want to sell it this is their retirement and they're going to turn around and they should have the right to be able to get the maximum dollar they can get and if that's by way of a bidding war so be it I don't know why why is everybody want to dance around this i mean let's call it for what it is it's dictatorship and it's it's brutal so Tim, I don't well, know, you know, like I want to share, I want to say first and foremost that the, the big unfortunate thing here is that they're paintbrushing the entire country. Um, the entire country is not in the same place as, you know, what uh, we'll say the greater Toronto neighborhoods are or Vancouver may be, or in some cases now what we're seeing in Montreal over the past year or so. Um, there are many regions of the country where um, multiple offers and uh, this bidding is not a problem whatsoever. Uh, as a matter of fact, for the most part, I really believe in my heart that the way the process is right now and the bidding is, is, is not a factor in driving up prices. I mean, we've talked before and Greg, you know, I'm, I'm sure you have, uh, you'll chime in and the opinion that he shared before is that, you know, could there be an opportunity for some more transparency? And what the, listen, sorry, the listeners don't know is that there's been a lot of consultation with organized real estate at all levels. To, to help to improve and, and to make things, um, you know, as they sell a bit more transparent, if that's the problem that you're having. But the truth is that um, the, the removal of the choice of how one can sell anything and to make it part of the criminal code, that is disturbing. Um, that does affect people um, are not really realizing that it's, it's a very, very serious issue. 
Um, I don't believe the, that anybody in our industry is going to sit back and, and uh, not be extremely vocal about it. I mean, there's 140,000 realtors across the country that were completely shocked. Um, everybody has reached out to their, you know, to the people that they lobby with and saying, where did this come from? I mean, we've been talking about things all the way through um, and all of a sudden you throw this out in the media. So, but again, it, it's part of it. I know you're upset, Todd. <laughs> I mean, I'm upset too. Uh, but the reality is that um, I don't believe that this is going to pass. So, so Greg, I, I am going to have you weigh in on it, but I'm going to, I just want to break a couple things down. So, and then Tim, you can also give us a rebuttal once Greg talks about it, but here's the thing. The, the liberal government is proposing the reason for our housing crisis, if that's what they want to call it, because prices have escalated is the fact that it's because of the bidding wars. Well, you only have a bidding war when you don't have enough inventory and you've got more buyers supply demand. We've talked about this here on the show. Both you gentlemen have weighed in on it. Greg, how is it that, you know, a minority leading party right now in government who's trying to gain a majority is going to sit there and now mandate how you get rid of your biggest asset and think that this is solving a housing issue? I mean, it's populist pledges, right? They know that there is a certain cohort of the population that's angry and frustrated when I go through this and like what is not in this in terms of what the liberals are saying about what they want to do about housing the one thing I feel like they're not discussing and that actually is in their power because you look at that uh, the the home buyers bill of rights and you're like well is this your jurisdiction really is that really your jurisdiction there's so much of that in there you say is this really the area for you to play in and I've been talking to some economists on the program about this the topic of immigration, that is actually what the federal government has control over, right? They control the number of new Canadians we welcome every year. And I think that's the bind that they don't want to address. Because we know that we grow the economy to the benefit of all Canadians when we welcome new Canadians. But if we can't solve the supply part, and, and people have convinced me of this, right? Why has the demand for housing exploded in the past five or ten years? Because the population has exploded in terms of the amount of people we're bringing in. That's actually something that a federal government and someone wanting to own a uh, form a federal government can actually control. But it gets into an area I think that they don't want to go in because they don't want to appear xenophobic, even though now it's quite in vogue to, to hit the foreign buyer. But I don't think they want to go there. But to me, if you want to have a conversation about the path forward, it has to be a reasoned conversation where people don't call each other names. Where you say, listen, we're welcoming people to the country. We're not building the houses we need to meet that demand. And it goes back to the supply thing, right? Like, this is something that you can affect. And they're not talking about that. And I, I think I'd like to see more discussion from them on that instead of all these other like, let's tweak this, let's tweak this, let's tell people how to do this. And most people I'm talking to are saying, you know, I don't think this is gonna make a big difference. Well, here's here's the thing, though, Greg, if if and, 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 and I'm going to give the, the biggest if I can possibly put out there, if the government that's currently leading, okay, is gets a majority, and they mandate this and they try to apply this and we start looking at our Australian and New Zealand you know counterparts you see they didn't mandate it there's only about 15 to 20 percent of all transactions being conducted this way but they they seem to be under the impression that they, as as Tim said they're going to use a broad brush do it all across the country not just to certain marketplaces and then they're going to invoke this to be the standard but here's the problem okay is first and foremost you're taking away the rights of home ownership and being able to dispose of the asset for the best way that the homeowner can do it. And again, 
you know, we can talk about all the boards, we can talk about all the associations and how everybody has tried to make multiple offers a, you know, to be more transparent, to be, you know, be done correctly. But the reason, and, and again, I go back to, you are saying something is a solution when it's not addressing the problem. And by creating an auction style bidding, we know historically that the prices can actually go higher in an auction and you're putting people under more pressure to be able to you know, complete a sale when they don't even have time to think about it. So Greg, why, why does a solution, why would even you know, a party like this even consider this? I think it just goes back to they've heard from some young people who thought, oh, I keep losing bidding wars and stuff like that. It's a very populous position to take. But you're right. We take a look at Australia and I've talked to other people in the industry and they're like, well, it doesn't stop prices from going higher. If this is your aim and and to Tim's point before, I have argued in the past for for greater transparency, I think, in any asset that you're conducting you know, you know a transaction whether it's stocks or or whether it's housing i'm never against transparency but like you say it's a, if you say well blind bidding is the problem it's like well in a country where they don't you know conduct it that way they conduct the auction style they have a uh, problematic housing market too when it comes to affordability so it doesn't seem to be the silver bullet although they've shot a, a lot of bullets in this thing as i flip through it they are talking i know and all the parties are talking about trying to get supply online but then again that becomes the conflict as what really is the role of a federal government in bringing on housing supply city by city by city well listen guys I'm, we're going to go to a quick break when we come back though i do want to continue this discussion we've got a couple um you know other things that have been in the news regarding some of the parties platforms uh folks if you're just tuning in you're listening to simply real estate my real estate talk triangle once a month with greg Benell, tim sirianos and we'll be right back after this and welcome back. So this is the second section of the Real Estate Talk Triangle. That's right. If you want to hear the first part, go to our um, our web uh, page and you'll be able to download the show. But more, most importantly, my guests joining me, the panelists with me every single month, and Greg Bedell. He is host and anchor at B&M Bloomberg, reporting on the economy and the world of real estate. Tim Serianos, broker owner of Remax Ultimate. He's also the former president of TREB, but more importantly, right now he is also a director at the Canadian Real Estate Association. Tim, I did put you on a little bit on the spot a little bit earlier because, you know, as everybody can tell, I'm really pissed off at this, uh, this, you know, stuff that's coming out from some of these camps during this election. And one of them, of course, being the fact that they want to take away people's rights for their ability to sell a property the way they want to and want to invoke this whole auction style. Now, I do know that you know, during your tenure uh, as the the president at Treb, and of course now with Korea, you do have to address a lot of the heat that is on the way multiple offers are conducted. Um, across Canada, we don't have multiple offers in every marketplace, but we do in obviously the biggest of the markets. And are there actual headway being made on how multiple offers are being done? Is there more education going out to the board members? Because a lot of people right now, and and I heard this this week because I was on with Jerry Agar and we talked about this. And one of the big things was is that everybody said just it's the greedy uh, agents that don't want the auction. They kept talking about it's all driven by money by realtors, and in my opinion, that's the last thing that's actually happening. Oh, that's a great comment. You know, um, I'm going to I'm going to disclose something with your, the listeners today. 
Uh, we are actually talking to uh, one of our clients in our office who wants to do an auction sale, you know, for their property with the proper, you know, concierge service marketed that way in every, you know, in every single shape, you know, and form that they want to do it. And we're cooperating. It has nothing to do with the realtor whatsoever. We're actually quite flexible. They want to try it. They want to give it a go and see how it works out. And I actually thought of, of your show, Todd, and being on the show maybe next month with, you know, with Greg too, and talking about how that kind of worked out. What people also don't realize is that we're involved in a lot of transactions, especially right now in 2021, where we did not sell. We sold, the, the, the property sold, sorry, for less than what the, higher, the highest offer was because the consumer, the seller felt more confident and more comfortable with the actual offer they received. In one case, we had um, uh, one of our realtors in our office who was, you know, trying to explain to the buyer how they won this offer and it was $80,000 less, where that even the buyer called me as a broker owner and said, is this actually real? And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> you had a stronger deposit, you matched your closing, you you opted in to actually including the, you know, um, uh, the furniture so they didn't have to dispose of it. There are a lot of different factors that you agree to that the other offers did not. So, I mean, again, multiple offers and this, this, the, the bidding process we have right now do not result in um, prices being driven up. Uh, as you said before the break, it is really and most definitely a supply problem. 250% uh, increase in development charges. Um, taking three to four years to get an approval in the city of Toronto to get you know a shovel in the ground. Having 400,000 people coming, um, you know, to our, to our city, choosing Toronto, for example, in the greater Toronto area as home, which is fantastic. But we are right now, this is a real number. We are 2 million units or, 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 or uh, homes short of what we need to balance the market. You know, I'm glad you threw out that number because, Greg, then that goes back to the conversation that we've had here on a regular basis. And I do want to talk about the two other party platforms, about what they've brought out as a proposal, starting off with the NDP, telling us that they're going to bring 500,000 new units online in the next 10 years. And they said, of course, they're going to get half within the next five years. I, I just about fell off my seat when they said that. Then the Conservative Party threw out the number of a million units. Now, the only thing that I thought had some merit out of the Conservative Party was the fact that they were going to repurpose some federal buildings. So take your typical, you know, like, let's say, office tower and flip it into uh, a residential, uh, you know, existence. So, you know, again, renovating much, much quicker. But these numbers are so ludicrous. Does anybody <laughs> actually think that they can achieve any of this? I mean, we can't keep up with the private builders meeting our demands. Of course, the government slows us down. But the idea of these guys bringing these numbers, it's ridiculous. If they said 100,000, I would have a lot more belief in it. You start talking about, you know, a half a million and a million. I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy. It's hard not to get too immune to the numbers, right? Especially during an election campaign, because everyone just wants their number to be bigger. I was even taking a look at uh, when the liberal housing plan first came out, not about the Bill of Rights stuff, but comparing, you know, the tax against the foreign buyer, uh, this much money to build this many homes. And it didn't seem like there was a lot of light between all of them when it came to the build side. They're all saying, yeah, we need more supply. We're going to support that as well. You know, and from the federal government, we'll make that money available to cities. I think when you talk about repurposing existing real estate, that can be part of the solution, I'm getting more and more intrigued, and we've talked about it before between the three of us, this idea that 
maybe everyone doesn't go back to the office and maybe everyone doesn't need to live around a big city. I'm reading some interesting stuff saying there's a transition underway. That doesn't happen overnight either. But I talked this week on the program to the president of Infosys, like a global IT company. They're creating 500 jobs in Toronto. So I had to ask the guy, I said, you're talking about attracting top talent and you like Toronto for talent, but are you worried that people won't gravitate to these jobs because the real estate market's too hot? And he's like, it's Infosys. We're a tech company. You don't need to live in Toronto to apply and successfully win one of those jobs. And I was like, okay, so there's a lot of companies thinking differently. Do we all have to live in the big cities? Is it going to change overnight? No, but that seems to be like, let's uh, start to repurpose what we already have. And let's start to rethink about the idea that everyone in Canada has to live around three big cities. Because it is crazy when you look at our country, the landmass and where we sure. all are. Does that change in the future? Maybe it does that change the course of real estate, not overnight, but maybe longer term it does. Okay, so then let's 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 take a look at one of the other one of the other comments in a lot of these platforms, and we did mention you know foreign buyer ownership, and the fact that they want to stop foreign buyer ownership for two years unless unless and I love this one unless they are buying purpose built rental properties, okay, so is this the right is this the right solution? They think that again once again limiting foreign ownership is going to all of a sudden put a glut of real estate on the market. Tim, your numbers, you get them on a regular basis. The idea that foreign ownership is the thing that's escalating this market, I think is ludicrous. I mean, it's been around four or five percent year after year after year after year. After, you know, I mean, I, I, this is a tiring conversation from the federal government. <laughs> um, I'm just I'm just like literally exhausted from it. Like it's just over and over again. Right. And it's not the case. I mean, the NDP put out a 20% foreign buyer's tax. And the question I want to ask, if I had the opportunity, was what, what are you going to do with the 20%? Like, what, like, what are you going to do with it? Why? The, the, the municipalities are the ones who need the money. Um, federal government, you know, taking 20%, if that's their plan, I, I don't see a benefit, right? So we don't have a foreign investment problem. We have a supply issue. And to Greg's point, I, I do agree that we are seeing possibly some corporations um, looking at buying, uh, spreading themselves out across a bigger geographic area and, and allowing people to work remotely and check into the office. I mean, technology is going to help us do that as well. But again, it doesn't help if the land is not being, you know, uh, provided back to development. You know, if it takes three years for an approval and three years for a permit, we are six years away from a shovel in the ground, and we're going to be at three and a half and four million units behind to try to get people into, into properties, right? So, I mean, we we have there none of the platforms that are there today are going to solve our housing. I'll call it a crisis, <laughs> right? No, it's, it's not. Prices are not going to come down um, the way their platforms are designed. Um, they can, you know, I'll throw a billion at this and two billion at that. It's not going to solve it. We need to have more shovels in the ground. We need to speed up the process of getting, you know, uh, construction moving forward. Yeah, I think I think that's a great point and a perfect place for us to hop off to a quick break. But folks, when we come back, I've got more with my panel of for the Real Estate Talk Triangle, Greg Benell, Tim Sirianos, and uh, we'll be right back after this. So stay with us. And welcome back. So this is our last section of the Real Estate Talk Triangle. I've got my panelists with me, 
Greg Bennell, he is host and anchor at BNM Bloomberg. Tim Sirianos, broker owner of Remax Ultimate, director of Korea. And uh, gentlemen, just before the break, you know, we, we, we left it off with Tim just saying, you know what, we need to solve this inventory issue. I think, uh, I think Greg, sometimes people think we're just beating you know, uh, a dead drum at this point, because we've been talking about this for years, but yet nobody wants to, you know, assess the real estate market for what it truly is. There is just more buyers in the world than we have sellers. And it's amazing how, you know, just a very, very simple number like this doesn't doesn't register. And, you know, when when we take a look at what's going on, we're starting now to see upward pressure on the rental market again in Toronto. I mean, we're starting to see rents go up. We've got way less inventory. You know, we can talk about companies, you know, spreading out and saying, look, you don't have to be working in downtown Toronto. But right now there has been a huge uptick of rentals happening in Toronto. I think people are trying to get back to some normalcy. You know, we've got maybe some foreign foreign students coming in back going to school here in the GTA. And, you know, this is, this is, again, one more, you know, cog here. We can talk about home ownership, but we're going to run into a rental issue. And Greg, I don't know, what do you think? I mean, city life is always going to attract people, right? Particularly at certain times of your life. It's very, it's a very romantic notion. And I had it in my younger years and I spent a decade downtown because that's where you want to be. So no doubt. I mean, even as work shifts and there's different ideas about, you know, how you can work remotely. There's always going to be a demand for real estate in a city because people sort of just gravitate to that kind of experience. You, you're going to see that pressure again, particularly when we start welcoming the, the international students back and start getting the immigration numbers back up. So there does need to be some thought in terms of uh, wooing investment. And I think we were talking about before, there's a fine line between uh, telling a foreign money, we want you here, but we don't want you there. It does make sense, obviously, if you can get foreign capital to invest in this real estate market for purpose-built rental, and they should see a healthy return out of that because they put their capital up and sort of bring some of that supply online as well. It's going to mean, I think, in a city like Toronto and a city like Vancouver and other places that have sort of whatever it's whether it's a green belt or whether it's a mountain and an ocean and some geographic constraints, densification. And I think that's the other issue, too, that obviously we, we beat the drum on that one and nothing seems to change. But you take a look at sort of how we are structured in the GTA right now, uh, for example, in terms of uh, the kind of house I live in and the kind of property that I have. Yeah, it made sense for Brampton 50 years ago to give people this big of a lot. And I enjoy my lot and I don't want to see it go away. But at some point you start wondering about densification and everyone's going to have uh, people say densify densification and they say let's densify your neighborhood you're like hey wait a minute so i think that's that's one of the battles too right yeah not not my backyard not my my backyard backyard. yeah tim you you hear that all the time don't you (laughs) oh i you know everybody talks about loving to have more you know densification of neighborhoods and everything else but then you see signs popping up from every single committee of every single neighborhood you know just saying you know, no to high rise, no to more units, you know, um, they're, they're stopping right turns and left turns on certain streets because they want to uh, have calm streets. Obviously, people are using shortcuts to the city because you can't park anywhere either. Right. Um, things are just getting just the city's just transforming on a weekly basis. But you're absolutely right. I mean, people don't want to see that happening in their backyard. So, but that's not really a solution, and 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 the solution, as you and I both know, because Tim, you know, your 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 brokerage doesn't just represent buyers and sellers; it also, you know, uh, landlords and and tenants. And, you know, this is this is the thing. 
the number is going to go up for the number of people that are going to be renting. You know, we know that, you know, Canada has always hovered around that 33, 34% are our tenants and, and the rest have some kind of ownership. That number is going to increase, you know, over the next decade to two decades, we know that the number of tenants are going to increase because we can't keep up with the demand on the builds. So we're going to have more and more people that are going to tenant and they're going to do, you know, there's going to be more conversions done to basement apartments and we're going to see an increase. So quite frankly, you know, we could easily hit 40% of all Canadians are going to be tenants. Well, when you start adding 5% to an overall number of somewhere in around 40 million in a population, that becomes a big number. And when we have to start talking about purpose-built rentals, and as Greg had alluded, you know, we've got foreign buyers that, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll reward them one way, just not the other way. You know, how will we keep up with the rental demand? Because that is going to be a big issue. Yeah, so the city of Toronto, I don't think was designed or built to have the rentals. I mean, I I took an opportunity to take the family and go to Montreal for several nights just a couple of weeks ago, just to do something different, right? And it was amazing how many rental apartments and flats and semis and, you know, that kind of housing that existed in Montreal. A, a, a much different flavor uh, of a city, much more European, if you want to call it that. You can tell that, you know, rent the rental market was a big part of their market there, where Toronto is not like that. I mean, we've had the story of two markets this year. We've seen an intense resale market that the, where the year started off, you know, really, really hot. So hot that people were screaming for intervention, right? We were talking about it, you know, please be calm. It is going to, you know, seasonally adjust. And it did. And then we started watching as the resale market started to soften or, or slow down or pause. We started seeing this intense rental market come back. We're at the point where right now we're seeing a lot of multiple offers and pre-pandemic rental rates, which is really interesting to see throughout the city of Toronto, right? So, but now what we have is, while people are, are, are still looking at the rental market the way that they are, and I know you, you asked me a different question, but I just wanna share this with you. Um, we're, we're starting to see that the resale market is starting to percolate. So, I mean, I wanna share that with you that, and the listeners that right now, as we speak, we're starting to see a lot of people starting to focus on real estate again. I think September is going to be where the, the, the rental market will, will ease up a little bit, even with that tight supply. But we're going to see the resale market uh, kind of take off again. Yeah, the calm before the storm, we've seen it several times this year. Greg, one last comment, uh, Bank of Canada, you know, everybody, you know, we hear so much about people going, oh, but interest rates are going to go up. And everybody's saying, oh, Canadians are screwed. Interest rates are going to go up. Everybody's going to lose their home. They've overbought. They've done this. They've done that. Look, we're going into, you know, the fourth wave. When we hit wave 24, um, you know, I, I just wonder how much pressure the uh, the you know the Bank of Canada can put on interest rates over the next several years. Yeah, even if they do move by the second half of next year, which has sort of been their go-to line for quite some time now, you move in small amounts, and we're such a, a low a starting point right now. It's going to be many many years before I think people are even considering mortgage rates that would uh, that would shock them. In the sense, and the, and the one policy over the years that's been debated, by, I mean, on the show and by others, and by two, the fact that there is a stress test, right? It's it, the whole point of that thing is to make sure people can handle a higher rate environment. So, I mean, the, the path we're on right now, if people have been properly stress tested and people have done their due diligence, it should be quite some time before you would even see a mortgage rate if the Bank of Canada is in a position to keep raising, to even reach that level where you are supposed to be good. 
You're supposed to be solid. I mean, that was all about financial stability, right? You're supposed to be good. You're supposed to be solid. So, yeah, don't expect overnight these insanely low mortgage rates. And some of them are insane (laughs) to skyrocket unless the bond market turns against us because those bond people who know what they're up to. Yeah. (laughs) Well, as as you said, I think, think, you know, quite frankly, the Bank of Canada is going to stay pat for a while. And if they do ease it up, it's going to take a while. It's going to be a slow race. And a lot of the economists are saying, look, there is going to always be a ceiling on it. We know, you know, based in 2018, 19, when we started applying pressure, we watched the market completely fall off. So I know that there is kind of a pressure valve to it but gentlemen i would do want to thank you once again for joining me for the real estate talk triangle it's always a pleasure and i look forward to talking to you uh i guess next month when we've got either the same government or a new government so uh thank you so much for joining me today thanks for having us a great time so that was greg Bennell. by the way you can tune in to greg on the bnn bloomberg network and tim sirianos broker owner of remax ultimate um always great having them on the show love doing the real estate talk triangle always a fun conversation uh, so that's a wrap for this week as we start to wind down the summer i know everybody's looking forward to getting back to school and all those wonderful things and of course people will hop back into the real estate market as they get more and more excited uh speaking of don't forget you can follow me on instagram the simple investor one or go to the simpleinvestor.com find out about our final release of the year. That's right. You can own your own investment condo for only 269,900 guaranteed rent, no cost for renovations, and in fact, you make sh- we make sure that you don't have to worry about the tenants. So, uh, go to the simpleinvestor.com to find out more. Uh, I do want to thank my producer Ian Grant. He does keep it simple for me every single week, and most importantly, I want to thank you for tuning in and making us the number one real estate talk show. I'll be back next Sunday as usual. I'm your host, Todd C. Slater. You've been listening to Simply Real Estate right here on News Talk 1010.